Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Let's go! Grab that mic. One, two, three, four, five, Gooby. six. Yeah, Goob. Yes. You guys are acting like your old friends, even though you just met right now. I know, but I, I, he's one of my faves. You told me that a couple weeks ago, and I told Ricky, and he didn't believe me. Yeah. Mark Gubaza is our guest today on uh, Let's Go Ricky Roll podcast. As my trout walks by, we're in, actually in the Angels dugout right now. And my trout, who has his own fish video now, yes, that's that's all that matters right now. <laughs> Forget the, he's gonna be a Hall of Famer, all that. Let's get all right. Let's get started with this. Yeah, you and Trout have a fishing video. Yes, go and check that out if you guys can on YouTube, where you guys sit around talking about a story about him fishing. Yeah, but the Angels and Fox Sports One set it to animation. Have you yeah. seen this, Rick? No, I haven't. Oh, seen you it. gotta yeah. see it. It's so damn good. <laughs> Mark Gubaza is our a combination guest. of Dudley Do Right and Jay Leno, I think, with my chin work and all that thing. I thought it was beautiful. Mark Gubaza is our guest today on the Let's Go Ricky Roll podcast. We're trying to get you a, a while. Rick, we were walking up here and he's like, okay, Gooby played in the World Series. I have all kinds of questions about him. But the way we do this podcast, you guys already act like you're friends right now. Mark Gubaza, 1985 World Series champion. Yeah. Coach at Chaminade High. Yes. Yeah. Played with Bo Jackson, but the most important part, great broadcaster, amazing hair. Ricky just started broadcasting for the Vancouver <laughs> I Canadians. lost my hair, man. <laughs> <laughs> How do you keep the hair going, Gooby? Oh, you know, <laughs> genetics. On my, on my mom's side. On my mom's side. That's the Philly side. All right, Rick, what do you got? Go ahead. Get with Gooby. Let's go. No, I, I mean, what I know about him is obviously 85 World Series, played with Bo. And you actually coached a, a teammate of mine, Kevin Pilar. Yes. For, yes. for a little bit. I know you went back and coached high school. And, um, yeah, I mean, I was only a, a year old when you guys won the World Series. I'm not trying to make you feel old or anything <laughs> like that. But. I was only three, though. <laughs> Gooby, what, uh, where do you keep your World Series ring? Uh, you know, I just have it in my, in my house. I, I, I wear it every once in a while when I got something pretty cool event to go Cruz to. Jr. walks by. Yeah, that, Yes, that's a player right there too, man. We're gonna get him. We're gonna get him. He subscribed to the podcast. Yeah, we're gonna get him. We'll get him soon. Your ring is at home. Yeah, you know I I wear it. No, I just wear it on special occasions. I used to wear it a lot, but uh, sometimes you just you feel like you're. I'm not saying bragging or whatever, but you just you wait for the right moment where I go like a special event or something. I get I'll wear it, but. you know, obviously, it's a Royals ring, so it wouldn't be as comfortable wearing it. We're doing the Angel games, too. That's one part part of the reason. But, uh, you know, I, I'm still so proud of that team. I mean, we, we, we were definitely not the best team in baseball that year. I don't even know if we were the best team in the postseason, let alone in baseball. But we played as a team 
as well as anybody. We had 25 guys. We had seven guys coming off the bench that didn't care if they played once a week, once every two weeks, but they knew when they were going to play, they were going to perform. We had George Brett, the best player in the game at that point. Uh, Frank White was unbelievable at second base, a great leader. Hal McRae was as tough as anybody I've ever been around, but our pitching staff was solid one through five, and we went through a nine-man staff that entire year all the way to the World Series. A nine-man? Nine-man staff the whole wow, year. How Seven. did that work? Now, you know what? As a starter rate, because we had guys like Hal McRae, yeah. who's our DH, and Lee May was our first base coach. So he would go in and just give us grief if we weren't going seven. He used to call me, hey, Cabana boy. Hey, Cabana boy. If you're not going out, you waited five days to go out the pitch. If you're not going at least seven or eight innings, I'm going to drop Damn, you. Damn, times have changed. Yeah. So I'm thinking, you know, I'd rather, I'd rather fight my manager, Dick Hauser, than deal with Hal McRae, I mean, Hal McRae or Lee May. I think I didn't like my chances there. And you, you grew up in Philadelphia, correct? Yeah. Yeah. And did you know at an early age, that's this is what I want to do. I want to be a professional baseball player. Or did you that it got just did it just kind of evolve into that? Yeah, Ricky, it's it's that's a good question because growing up in especially in a cold climate, yeah. you really you only get to play baseball four or five months mm -hmm. a year at, at most. Uh, that's all I ever thought about. My dad played minor league baseball like 50, 51, 52 range with the White Sox in, in D class back in that day. It was. But I had three older brothers, and we, we used to, I had 16 dudes we hang in a schoolyard every day, 16 of us. So we're playing stickball, we're playing football, basketball every day. So we were out doing something. So I never thought about being a fireman. I never thought about being a policeman. The only thing I ever thought about was being a baseball player. And they would all look star. at me. and Come on, you want to play? You want to be in a band? <laughs> I wanted to play with Led Zeppelin, but they wouldn't let me in. But, uh, yeah, but I never thought of anything else. I really never thought about anything else yet. When I thought about the possibilities that happened, where well, I thought probably minimal, but I, my mind and my dreams never went away from that at all. And did you sign? Did you sign out of high school? Sign out of high school. Yeah, I was going. I committed to Duke University. You did. So Mark Stroman, me. Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> they probably needed to be able to even so, things out at that point. I mean, I know how that transition is from college to to professional baseball, but can you elaborate a little bit of how it was going from high school? To professional baseball because it's a total different world yeah, and everyone I mean especially nobody in really in, in those in those times too it's different you're yeah. away from home you're yeah. bus rides you're eating different food you're yeah. not eating mom's mom's yeah. food anymore it was the, it was the <laughs> hardest thing because when it, you first sign everything you get caught up in like yeah. all right I'm going I'm signing with the Royals they just I was at game six of the World Series with my dad and I never went to a baseball game in my entire life wow. except for that game six they beat the Royals as a matter of fact the Phillies did it's the only time I think I ever in my life I ever embraced my dad and hugged him. Other than that, it's always a handshake. You know, the old school stuff. So that's pretty ironic that yeah. you went to go yeah. see the team that you were Yeah, and then, so I'm, here I am going with, with the Royals. And the first day down there, and I remember being so ho homesick that I was like, <laughs> man, I hope I get hurt. I want to go home. I want to go home. <laughs> so all my buddies are sending me letters every other day from letters. back home. Like letters, letters, writing letters. Not text messages. That was that's free text right, yeah. message. What so year getting, was this? In 81. So my, my buddies email, from yeah. the schoolyard are, are all sending me letters and stuff. He goes, come on, man. We miss you back here. Let's get, when are you coming home? I said, I just got here. <laughs> so then, lo and this behold. Ball? Yeah. Where, where did you go? Where, what city? Sarasota. And we, okay. were, we were in dorms back then. We weren't in, okay. like, we eventually during the instructional ball, we lived on the beach there in yeah. Siesta Key, which is incredible. Yeah, yeah. But we're at Clark Road in the middle of nowhere in the old uh, Royals Academy. So that's where Frank White went, UL Washington. That, it was a school and a baseball team playing down there. So we're in these dorms. I'm with four people. I'm like, it's bad enough I had to live with three brothers in there. Now I'm with four people I don't even know of. <laughs> and you you're 6'5". And you have no, and my, my feet are hanging over. The other dude, there's two, the two tallest guys in all of, of camp there in rookie ball are 6'5", 6'6", and their legs are like hanging over the bed. <laughs> and so I'm thinking, 
this is not going to work out well. I, I don't know if I want to be able to stay with this. What thing, round were you drafted? I was a uh, supplemental pick from uh, actually with the Cardinals. It was always a 34th overall in between oh, wow. the first and second okay. round. Yeah. Wow. But it was crazy, though, going there. And, they, and then two, three days later, because David Cohn was in the same draft. He was drafted yeah. right behind me. So me and Coney became friends. And that that in itself was a, is another story. That's for another Well, yeah. We'll road. leave that for another. <laughs> we, we've heard him on uh, – Who's on CC's podcast? On CC's podcast, yeah. and he has incredible stories. Oh, and yeah. he doesn't care. No <laughs> filter there. <laughs> yes, network. It's yes, you can say whatever you want. Yeah, over here. yeah, I'm sure you can. Yeah. So you're, you, how homesick were you? Uh, you really wanted to go yeah, home. Yeah, I really did because I, I never, you know, even in the whole recruiting process, the first time I, I never been on a plane before. The farthest I went from back in Philly was going down to the Jersey Shore in Wildwood, New Jersey, and that was about an hour and a half away. So I never went anywhere, and even because three older brothers. That was a mailman. We never even went to dinner anywhere, so we yeah. never went out, period. So here I am, the first flight I'm going, I flew out to Ohio State University, and I'm thinking, this place is enormous. And then I'll go down to Georgia, Alabama, and eventually I went to Duke for a visit. But I went with my parents on that one. That's why I think I fell in love with that campus, which it's pretty hard not to. Yeah. But my whole thought was, I, I, I don't want to do this. What year were you drafted in? Again? 81. 81. 81. It, was a, it was a pretty good class. I mean, it had from Ron Darling to Joe Carter geez, to wow. Tony Gwynn. I mean, it, if you look back historically, it was one of the better wow. draft classes. But to me, it didn't matter. I, I just wanted to go home. When did you make your debut? What age? 18. And Major League? Oh, Major League 21. Jeez. Wow. So you went from three years later, yeah, I was, homesick, you know, ready to go home. Yeah, was, and actually, Mike Gallego was, was picked just in front of me. I still give him grief about yeah. that. Too. Angel <laughs> Service coach? Yeah, yeah, he's right in front of me, 33. I was 34, and Mark Langston was 35 in that wow. draft. Wow. It was crazy. That is some crazy but names. But you know, after my rookie year, well, my next year, I hurt my shoulder. I never had a shoulder problem my whole life. And I remember the doctor saying, we're going to give you a cortisone shot. And that's pre-cell phone. So I called my dad. I go, Dad, what do you think? He goes, don't let him do that. I said, well, Dad, it's already in my shoulder. <laughs> and I go, all right. So then I was Wait, shut 1981, down. 1981, those needles yeah. must have been like horse yeah. needles. Eh? I was like, oh, my God. I said, hey, Doc, are you done with that? It's through the back of my shoulder at this point. But, you know, and then the next year, somehow, I, even though I only pitched a few innings in A-ball, I, I, I pitched an instruction ball. It was a closer. So then I jump up to double A the very next year and, and we're back to starting. Things went well. And, and I made the jump from double A to the big leagues the following year. So it's pretty lucky how things went that wow. way. Wow. Yeah, that is, that is it's, a fast It's about track. timing, really. That's it's a about fast timing. track. Up. Yeah. Right there. And so then how was your call up to the big leagues? Did you make the team out of spring right, training? It, and, and you had it was probably different times for you. But in, in that point in spring training, you know, oh, at the end no of the season, Noe's going by. See, Noe walked by. We're getting, giving it all the old scoop here yeah, on all the, all the good stuff, yeah, man. Yeah, Noe was, Noe's been on the podcast yes. before. Well, he, why wouldn't the, you have this cat? He's the best. He's man. one of the original no, guests. No, don't pump his brakes. <laughs> <laughs> he still, he still yeah. didn't, uh, Ricky, Ricky he still didn't lead Cal State Fullerton to a title. So. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Taking all in a juggler vein moment right there. Can't come back. Good no. that one, bro. <laughs> Go to your locker. <laughs> Thanks, Noe. Thanks for the tickets. <laughs> he didn't leave his tickets. Yeah. He don't even text anybody back. So the, the, the crazy thing is, so spring training comes along, throwing the ball well. Didn't even know, you know, like I said, it was coming right out of Double A. I had no chance in my mind to make the big leagues, but invited to big league camp. My first year in Big League Camp, I had like number 58. So I said, well, in that one row where they go, <laughs> and all the veterans would go, hey, give me two more weeks and you're all out of here. They yeah. didn't care. They yeah. were ruthless. Yeah. So the next year, my locker was in the middle of the locker room and I had number 23. I'm like, There's well, maybe chance. something's good. Gonna Ooh, happen. you're good. So good spring training, Saber Higgins myself. You know, he's 20, and I'm 21. And, you know, the manager doesn't pull you in and say you made the team. So it's when they don't say your name. 
So I'm looking around like, man, Saves and I got our luggage and snuck it in under everybody else's luggage. Maybe they won't see us. So we went in the back of the bus and hit back there thinking, shh, nobody will know. It's like we were stowaways. And the same thing happened going on the plane. And finally, Hauser goes, hey, by the way, I, I know you guys uh, think you're getting one over on me, but yes, you guys made the team. And we're like, oh, no way. So I remember calling my dad right away. It was pretty crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of similar to, to, to what I went through. Not similar in that sense, but it was almost like I didn't know where was it taking me during spring training? I was like mm-hmm. that, like, every time they would grab a guy, I'm like, oh, here it comes, here it comes, here it comes. And then all of a sudden they called me in the office, Cito Gaston did, and, hey, you're ma- you made yeah. it to the big leagues. But yeah. it's a pretty awesome feeling, obviously. And and so you make the trip. Did you guys start at home or yeah, what? Yeah, at did? home. And, it, and I'll, to this day, and it's been, that was 84, so you're talking 35 years ago now. We're on the I-70 going by back of the stadium, and it was kind of a cloudy, misty day. And I still get goosebumps thinking about because then you see the crown and the lights on and you see this mist coming down. I'm like, so I remember immediately telling my dad at this point, I'm like, I, okay, I guess I could tell him now I made the team. He goes, Dad, this is, uh, this is amazing. I'm, d- I'm describing. He goes, you know, son, that looks like heaven. I said, well, yeah, I think it is. And I said, this is a dream. He goes, son, don't ever wake up. And I said, wow. you know what? I'm never going to wake up. I mean, I got Damn. you. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. I mean, I, yeah, it's, there's no feeling like it. Like when yeah. I explain it when you're for for me it was pulling up to the rogers center and it's like is this real and then you walk in and you see your jersey your last name your dad's last name and i think that's where it kind of hit me sitting in my locker and you see that yeah romero in the jersey and you're like i called my dad right away i was like this yeah we did it i remember seeing your dad a number of the games too as well i'm telling (laughs) you man he's like my favorite (laughs) yes his dad's still balling i I, see i love the way he competed man that's why i said man i wish (laughs) at some point he'd get to the angels at some point we'll get back to gooby story but he told me a couple weeks ago when Ricky was up, you're like, we should sign this guy because yeah. you just loved his attitude, yeah. right? Yeah, and the way he competed. I mean, so there's, there's no doubt there was there's a lot left in there, and then you were going to be successful. I mean, you had a successful career anyhow, yeah. but I was like, you know what? This this dude's got he's got it. I mean, some people have good stuff, some people are, are, are competitive, some people have both, and you have both. Oh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> you <laughs> didn't believe me. I yeah. wish it would have lasted a little longer, but you know what? I like I said, I'm blessed that I even had the opportunity yeah. to be a, toe yes. up that big league rubber and. There's nothing like it, as you know. Yep. So. Your first major league start, where was it? How did it happen? At home, it was against uh, Cleveland. Uh, it went well. My, first, Of course, my first bat of the game was Brett Butler. I walked him on four pitches. Not even <laughs> close. He steals second, goes to third <laughs> on the ground, out, and scores on the ground. I'm like, you know what? Now I can breathe. I only give it one run. But lo and behold, who's pitching for Cleveland? Burt Blylevin. He punched out 13 guys, and we <laughs> lost the game. I gave up one run in six innings. We lost the game 2-0. So I said, all right, I got a loss right away. Way to go. Quality, quality start, though. So uh, your first win, when did that happen? <laughs> yeah. I had, to go, I had to go nine innings to get that because then the next game down, I went eight and a third of one run game, and I got beat by Dave Steve. I'm like, oh can, my I, I'm like can I face somebody like me out there? <laughs> I need to face the fifth starter like myself and one time. You might be able to tell. Obviously, I came up to the Blue Jays. How good was Dave Steele? Oh, you know, I, I don't think people understand how good that slider was. And and you talk about a competitive dude. His fastball was very firm. I mean, you're talking low to mid-90s. And low to mid-90s there, that's when the ball is measured when it's at the plate, not out of the hand. So that was legit mid-90s. And his slider, though, was insane. So good. <laughs> that's Jose Molina bear hugs Ricky. <laughs> was going yeah, you know what? I threw my it was all first hugs. career shutout to this There guy. it is. And now, what, with that guy behind the plate, I might have had more shutouts Wait, than Molina I Molina was your catcher? <laughs> yeah. Your, your first career shutout? First him? career shutout, Texas. You got right? Yes. Yeah. Wait, he threw a shutout for you, Jose? No, I cut a shutout. <laughs> How many we punch out? Like fourteen? Something like that. I know you didn't shake any t- any time. Every time I give up a base hit, he was the guy. Hey, why'd you shake, dude? I told you not to shake. So I would never shake. 
So I never shaking no, it. it. It was a special <laughs> day for a young guy like him. Not anymore, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm still young, man. Younger than you. <laughs> no, but it was a special. It's, it's good stuff, man. Good stuff. There you go. Jose Molina. I know he's busy. He's walking by. He doesn't. He has no idea what's going on. We're just having the podcast here. So if you ever watch an Angel game. Right where the batters walk up those stairs, that's where we're sitting right now. Because <laughs> uh, Gooby said this is the best yeah, spot. It it's is. The coolest if, place. if we would have been at the end of the dugout, we'd be sweating buckets right here. Yeah. There's a little tunnel right here, so we're it's good. It's a veteran move right it's here, smooth. right? Yeah, that's savvy move. Savvy yeah. right now. And the Angels are ready to come out and take BP right now. We're going to keep the podcast going. What were you saying? No, we were talking about Dave Steve and oh, yeah. those Blue Jay teams. That well, I mean, you talk, when they're in their bullpen, they had Tom Hankey, they had Dwayne Ward, they had Timlin. Every guy was throwing with a bowling ball sinker out there, just, just destroying bats at will. But Dave Steve, though, he could throw that slider at a right-handed batter, and the guys were bailing out, and it would come back in and catch the strike zone. And he's another one that never wanted to come out of a game. And I remember he had that stretch where he had back-to-back, no hitters going into the ninth inning, and one time he hits a pebble and goes over the head in Cleveland, I think. And then another one, then he finally got a no-hitter because every game he went out there with no-hit stuff. That's crazy. And he was a hit, by the way. He was a rock and roll nut himself. Really? Oh, big time. Okay. Before we get back to baseball, I'm still stuck on 1981. You're in a dorm. You're 6'5", and you're sharing it with three other guys. There's no social media. There's no cell phones. What would you do? And I don't even remember. if There there was no TVs. You had the one room where you go in there and watch TV, and and that was pre-cable, so... I'm, I'm, I'm hanging around watching a family feud with Richard Dawson back in the day. So Okay, yeah. what would you do on the bus rides? You, uh, there were no headphones. Yeah, we had the, it was the coolest bus. It was like a regular yellow bus, but it was painted white and blue for Royals white and blue. Wow. And I remember I remember like they had like three songs in there. I remember one of them being Urgent from Farner. And what was the other song? The Dominicans uh, love that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> definitely, definitely. And then some song by, oh, geez. I mean, there was a Journey song. There was like three songs. They just keep replaying the same thing. I'm like, all right, Uncle, the same song. <laughs> but everything was relatively close there, especially in rookie ball there in Sarasota because you have Bradenton and all the other teams right around there. It, it's crazy because, you know, at the time you think it's it's terrible, you know, you're not having fun, you want to go home. But then you look back at it and you're like, wow, th- those actually were some pretty cool moments because those yeah. are the moments that you remember, right, with teammates that maybe didn't make it to the big leagues. But you're like, I remember this guy and yeah. he was a stud in high A or double A and you're yeah. just like, you start reminiscing about those days like I do all the time. Yeah, some like, of your best friends, I th- I still f- firmly believe, and I still stay in contact with the guys I played in the minor leagues because yeah. you're on those bus trips. Yeah. You better be friends yeah. or you're fighting. Yeah. You know, you're in there 12, 16 hours. Either one day the air conditioning is working so good it's like 40 below, or the other day it's like 800 degrees in there. So you're you're irritable <laughs> going from – and you're pl- and it's not like you have a day to, re- you know, to relax. You're literally going out of the bus and playing a game right away, and especially in the southern leg where everything was Oof. hot as can be. Oh. Every city was as hot as can so be. So that's oh. the incentive to get out of the minors, right? Yeah. Yeah, but, you know – But the, the, but, but then you get to Kansas City and it's just yeah. as hot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wait, exactly. you're on the turf. turf. You're on the yeah. turf, yeah. Oh, my yeah. goodness. We're yeah. like 100. But then again, when I first came up, we were playing an exhibition stadium in, in Toronto. No, that was like 20 degrees for a high. I'm thinking, you know, I'll take my heat to Kansas oh, that, that City. That was before the Sky Dome, right? Yes. Yeah. Now, that place it, was cold. Cold. Oh. Because it was right on the water. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And especially, you know, when we played them in the, in the playoffs in 85, you know, it was in October, and the winds were howling, too. And it was like a high of 27. And I remember throwing a baseball. Wait, I don't even yeah. feel the baseball whatsoever. But I figured if I had it was an advantage because hey, you're, you're a sure, Philly you guy. Want, you went soft. No, you know what, dude? I, I couldn't. I never won a game in April. I was the worst pitcher ever in April. <laughs> I don't I, care I if you're from the cold or not. Yeah. I, 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 you talk to guys from the cold, and they're like, nah. Yeah. nah. To throw a baseball, to be out there standing on that mound when it's freezing, it's not fun no matter if no. you do come couldn't from the cold. Couldn't spin the ball. I, yeah. I couldn't spin the ball. And it's hard to get a grip and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah, I mean. Good. I, in 85, yeah. were you guys flying commercial or private jet? 
we uh, we had some charter, some commercials, believe it or not. Really? Yeah. So how would oh, that yeah. work? Because, you know, the best thing about Kansas City was everything was a relatively close flight. You have some, like, if we were going to Minnesota or Chicago, we would get, like, it would be a commercial flight, so-called commercial flight. The first, like, say, 12, 14 rows were civilians, and then the rest of us in the back of the plane and stuff like that. We did that quite a bit in Kansas City, which That's is surprising. I, I, when I say that, nobody goes, no way you did that. I said, but I did think you part of it was a easy flight. security? Yeah. Like but then airport. again, at that point, though, that was pre-9-11, so everything was relatively yeah, easy was going through the airport. Easy, yeah. yeah, you yeah, just get in and out. You're on the plane with regular people. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, I mean, yeah. those are the days where you can probably pop a cigarette, right? Yeah, and you can do whatever you want because nobody nobody really, I mean, it wasn't like because nobody had cell phones and stuff, yeah. so nobody was taking a picture uh, of you. So you just go, hey, what's going on? And that was, that was uh, your And you just look like a normal person yeah, anyways, right? Exactly. Not like you're walking around with well, your bull. Yeah. And we, we had a, oh, yeah. we, we had a, was a commercial. We had a great... We had a <laughs> great, had a uh, chart, right? Oh, yeah. No, but was, yeah, he was normal, dude. You know, who's really? going to say anything to him, man? Because they look at him and they say, hey, dude, you want to go flying out of this plane? I'll just throw you. But we used to wear like dungarees or jeans, as you would say out here. And dungarees? And carry our sport coat on our shoulder. That was it. Yeah. it was Wait, did they casual. still make you wear a sport coat even though it was a commercial plane? Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, that's probably where you should be wearing them more yeah. than anything. Yeah. I never understood charter planes. You're yeah. in a suit, nobody sees you. I, I, I still did it. If I was ever running a team, that would be the first thing I said, you know what? I want you guys to be comfortable, comfortable. right? Yeah. Suits are not needed. Because, first of all, most, especially playing out here, we're getting like four or five in the morning. Like, whoever's looking at you at that point, <laughs> they can't see anyhow. <laughs> so, th that's my next question. How. How was it playing with a guy like Bo Jackson? You got yeah. to see it firsthand. You got to see not at the dish on well, he defense. He was in the thirty for thirty for Bo. Yeah, oh. he he was. Uh, you know what it was? He was one of the the all time great. He was one of the all time great guys. I mean, he was a best athlete I've ever seen. Incredibly competitive as well. Didn't didn't want him ever making out, but he'd have games where he'd go four bats without even fouling off a ball, and and that's the way it would end up going. So. We got a lot of good guys around here. Dustin, what's up? So, but he was, he was one of those dudes where you just, you, you, you hoped that, I mean, he was going to be a friend with because you're on the team, mm -hmm. but he wasn't going to be like your buddy buddy unless she thought you were a good dude. So he would have us over, me over to the house, my wife over there with his oh. family. Oh, and, you were in? Yeah. So I, and then all the Raider games we used to go, I'd be, he'd get me sideline passes. I'd walk, I'd be walking down that, that tunnel like, yeah, I'm, I'm a bad dude, man. <laughs> and I'm just walking in my regular gear, but everyone else is like, who is this idiot walking down with the guys every game? <laughs> And it was funny going in the locker room after the game. He would dress in the training room because that was, you know, he'd come in there to sixth or seventh game of the year. And these guys, you know, football players, they're still kind of not happy you didn't go through the whole camp. I mean, yeah. those guys get beat up. But then they watch him run one ball and they go, you know what, that's okay. He can come whenever he wants. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wait, so as a teammate of his, knowing that he was going to go play football, were you, like, did you become a fan or were you kind of concerned too? No, uh, I was just a fan. Because, you know, when you, when you see him, his body, and I always joke around and say, when, when God made the perfect human being, it was him. His body was so, you figured there was nothing ever was going to happen He's to him. He, even the most, it was the most remote, weird play that he got hurt on. I was there at the game. I'm thinking, that, that's so bizarre that happened because it wasn't like he got crushed. Yeah. The guy's dragging on his leg, but because he was a superhuman being, he's trying to pull away, and this guy's yanking on his leg, and that's what happened to him. That's why he popped that hip out. Damn. So you were I at remember, that game? Yeah. I, saw, oh, yeah. I, saw, I saw him once in the Chicago White Sox clubhouse, and it was like instant, like, like yeah. I froze. I was like, whoa, that's, that's Bo yeah. Jackson. Yeah. I never said anything to him. But Can you I, imagine he, him now in this day and age with social media? <laughs> People, would be, I mean, he would, you know, look, look at Trout right now. Yeah. yeah. And hit the scale he was on, especially with all those commercials, he was at a, a different, I mean, like, when we flew back from the All-Star game here in 89 to New York, we played the Yankees, 
the pilots are coming out. And I'm like, hey, man, who is flying this plane? I hate to fly again. Anyhow. And they're all like, don't worry about it. We got the, we got the autopilot. I said, yeah, it's the, that same guy that's on the airplane movie. I said, no, that thing might deflate. Get, get back in there. So... <laughs> So then we're walking and landing. So then we're walking through the airport and people are rushing him. I'm like, man, this is like Mick Jagger walking. He was at, at the height so of everything. You were a security guard. <laughs> yeah, basically that's all I was there for. <laughs> that's why I think he liked me because I would take one for the team Wait, for him. Was that's he awesome. About your size or no, small? No, you know, because you're six five. Yeah, the thing is, you think he's like seven feet. Yeah. He's about six foot, six no, one, maybe. Yeah, that's all just he is. Just really yeah. stocky. Yeah, he just yeah. had traps on top of yeah, traps, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and to this day, he'll say he never lifted weights. Like, oh, well, you know, well, you can tell me anything you want, but because you would just throw me into the next atmosphere if you wanted to. So I'll disagree with you no matter what. So did he lift weights? He had a, the most elaborate weight room in his house. I looked down. I said, Bo, there's no sweat. He goes, I just have this because people are always going to ask why. I mean, how are you so big and this and that? He goes, I just have it there in case somebody comes by. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And my wife will work out and everybody else. Maybe that's a show kids. move right there. Yeah. Yeah. That's a show that's, that, move. Yeah, that's, that's Bo. Bo knows everything. Oh, no. That commercial. So you were around in that hated hey, all that other stuff. Yes. Oh, yes. So were you able to like reap some of the benefits of being around Bo? Yeah, you know, I, I think this, this being around, well, getting to the Raider games was the coolest thing for me. As Pujols gives Ricky a big hug right oh, now, yes, his golf indeed. partner. Yes. <laughs> they played golf together, right? Oh, see, he's a legend. I told you, man. There's a reason why I like him. <laughs> Pujols came to say hi to you. And I don't like you, you anyhow. No, no, no. Oh, yeah. Pujols came to say hi to you before he we went to his teammates. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you, you blame him? You blame him? Hey, what was your record against Pujols? No, I don't know. Man. <laughs> As he's standing know. behind you, Rick, I don't know. I don't know. We'll wait till he walks away. So were you able to reap the benefits? Like, did you get both shoes or anything like that? Uh, you know, uh, I the biggest thing was just his friendship. I think yeah. there was nothing like that. I mean, just, you know, the way he was, I mean, he couldn't really, even before, this is not social media time, even before, he couldn't really go out a whole lot. So really? we would try to hang close by and maybe the hotel bar or something like that or even restaurant because he was still larger than life. And there's always somebody to like say, hey, listen, I think I can, I could take him or something. I'm thinking mm, you might oh, not want to try that. And that's not going to work City. out for you. Imagine Bo in L.A. or New York. Yeah. yeah. If he would have been a Yankee, yeah. doing all that. Yeah. Because that world, uh, not the world, the All Star game where he just crushed the ball. I think the ball's still going here yeah. in Anaheim. You are his teammate for yes, that, right? Exactly. Like you guys wore the sweet baby blue uniforms. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Yeah. So would you watch him take BP? Because I know yeah. when when Trout first he, came uh, up, I used to watch BP. I'm like, it was so much fun. And so we're in the Metrodome, and he's hitting home run after home run after home run. So he goes, you know what? Let me try. He was up, goes batting left-handed, three baseballs in the upper tank, third deck in the Metrodome, batting left-hand just for fun. And I said, at this point, this dude is ridiculous. This uncle, <laughs> uncle, he he can do everything he wants. That's so. I mean, uh, I, I mean, I wish, yeah, I mean, all you can see is highlights it, it, nowadays, but I it, wish you... It's a shame because if he would have been able to play, just like you know I me, mean, if you could play longer, then you really get to get, get a feel for how incredible. Exactly. And he was basically was going to stop playing football that, and just, that year because he was concentrating on, on baseball because he knew he was good in baseball. Mm -hmm. He was an all-star. But, but for him to get to maybe even be a Hall of Fame baseball player, he was going to have to really work at his craft because it's hard to hit. I mean, we know how we can get people out. Power guys, we know how to. We can run a fastball here. Oh, we yeah. get them to chase out of the zone. But he and he go in streaks where I remember Clemens. I literally struck him out four times, maybe on twelve total pitches, and he was just blown away. But then the very next day, he had three home runs. So it was one of those things where he got locked in. <laughs> it was just over. And these these were majestic home runs. The one he hit in, in Kansas City. They said it was 475, but this is before the second fountains were put up. It was at the top of the grassy the knoll. Fountains. And I remember this thing's had a chance of going completely out of Royal Stadium, which is that you have to crush the ball to get over the Absolutely. fence, period. Yeah. So I remember that ball, and I'm going, there, there's never been anybody hit. And that was off of Mike Moore, as a matter of fact. I still remember that when he was in Seattle. I'm like, and he's, uh, I kept thinking, 
I just hope he never hits a line drive back at a pitcher because there's no way you're getting out of the Jeez. way. And he also one time in Kansas City ran over Rick Dempsey, but he didn't square him up behind when he was catching the ball. But he got him on the shoulder, and Rick Dempsey almost rolled into our dugout. <laughs> but that's a long way away. I he mean, didn't square yeah. him up either. There's no just, way. Yeah. His, leg, the, his legendary status just continues to grow, I feel. Yeah. And, and because he didn't do many sure interviews. You can go on and on oh, about stories sure. that yeah. have never been told. But, yeah. Um, it's pretty cool just to the fact that you... Do you play anybody like that? Who are just like, oh... I mean, here. The guy here. Oh, Trout? Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, that's yeah probably who... You, I mean, and I don't... Trout, it's not like Trout played football, no. but... If he could have... You know, the funny thing about Trout, he goes out a couple... Was it two years ago? Him and Joe Smith, as a matter of fact, is here. The Golden State Warriors were up in, in Oakland. And it's have him come over and start you know shooting some balls. And lo and behold, he's first shot, he makes a three-pointer cotton. Then he goes in and slam dunks. He's got regular like street shoes on and That's stuff, and everyone's just like, going. He was a pretty good basketball yeah. player. He was a real really? good basketball player. Guy. Yeah, yeah, and and I think that's that's the guy that I'd probably yeah for me. Yeah, yeah that that, I, got to watch I always firsthand. say you know for people I play with, Trout is a combination of Bo Jackson and George Brett. Bo Jackson's <laughs> athleticism and body and talent, and George Brett's ability to play baseball and hit the ball. Well, let's go with George Brett. El Segundo High. Yes. And all I've ever seen of him was just him being a red ass. But yeah. I've heard he's nothing but great. Yeah. What yeah. kind of teammate was he? He was a fierce competitor. I mean, ask Goose Gossage about him all those years. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I mean, he won batting titles in three different decades. I mean, that's, that's that to insane. me is insane. Yeah. I mean, he was, no matter what, I, 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 being a, you know, pain in you know what I was, so we're playing Texas, and Mitch Williams is just coming up with Texas, and he was throwing Flame some thrower. gas from the left side, and he was wild, too. And I remember him saying, and it, for whatever reason, he was not smart enough to say, he put, said in the media, he goes, man, if I was George Brett, I'd never be comfortable in the batter's box against me. So I'm like, I, so of course I bring the article, hey, George, did you read this about what Mitch Williams And he goes, he goes Who, who's this guy? I go, ah, this lefty, he might come in the game. So lo and behold, he comes in the game. I think it was like the eighth inning. He throws a high fastball. But George, as you know, can get up on a high fastball, dead center field. And he never pimped a home run. This he time, yeah. And I, I, I go, yes, and, I'm, and I'm screaming. I go, maybe you shouldn't have said that. I'm oh, screaming at the top of my lungs. But I, and I knew, and I ended up being really good friends with Mitch after that. Because you know what? That's a learning experience for you right now. When yeah. you're facing a guy like that, you give him any kind of an edge, uh, it's not going to turn out well for you. It's oh, kind of a... A similar story, Rowdy Teles for the Toronto yeah. Blue Jays. Brandon Morrow, same thing. He was down on a rehab assignment, and Rowdy had just signed. Mm -hmm. And he told, he comes up to Brandon. Brandon's throwing a live BP, and he says, he says, um, I'm going to take you deep. Morrow's yeah. like, what? He's in the minors? You know, yeah. yeah, yeah, this is in the this is He's on rehab in Dunedin. So he gets up in the batter's box, yeah. and, and Rowdy tells the story. He's like, he must have buzzed like three 100-mile-per-hour fastballs <laughs> by me. <Yeah. laughs> Yeah, those things. Hey, live podcast. Yes. How you doing? Good, how you doing, man? Good, good. Good to see you guys. We're going to have to get you on. Oh, get him on right now. Yeah. He's, no. he's on right now. He's <laughs> nasty. <laughs> All righty. Hey, Andrew. All righty. Sounds good. All right. Yeah. So right now we do a couple things, Gooby, where we just ask different questions. I know you yeah. got to get ready for a broadcast. And actually, we still got batteries. We want to take care of you. We're going to come back with this. By the way, I'm doing the broadcast for uh, the short season Vancouver Canadians. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah they cool. had me as the color guy. Oh, is that right? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. So, and I was going to ask you, like, how was, 
was that transition pretty hard or like how did you kind of jump into that tv yeah you know it, it started out i started doing some radio stuff first okay. which i think is, it was cool i ended up doing a show you, you remember oh, yeah, that, with a. martinez so, yes and then eventually did my own and we, you, you kind of learned when you learn on your own yeah. you put things together you learn how to cut tape and highlights and all this stuff but when you i think the biggest thing the transition is you realize when, you, when you're far away out there yeah you almost forget <laughs> you think man it's, it looks easier but then you go you know what i always my my theory always is i respect anybody that's ever put on a uniform exactly and I know how t hard it is, whether you're a pitcher or a hitter or even a coach or even an umpire. Yeah. It's hard. So uh, as much as you want to go, man, you should be able to hit that ball. Well, you, it, it's the hardest thing in the world. Michael exactly. Jordan, one of the best of all time athletes ever, couldn't hit a baseball. And it's I always hard. told – well, I, I had a chance He's to talk to – He's only done two games, right? I've done two games. My third one is this weekend. But I've gotten a chance to talk to Buck and Pat Tabler. Yeah. And I was like, what's the biggest – what do you recommend? And he was like, you're at a bar with your buddy talking yeah. baseball. Yeah. He's like – because I was like, the last thing I want to do is make it seem like the game's easy yeah. and make it seem like hitting's easy because yeah. I wasn't a hitter. Yeah. So they're like, How many hits you got? Two. Yeah. <laughs> two more than me. <laughs> you got none? Did you ever it. have an at bat? No. There was no interleague. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right? No. no. Interleague. My yeah. last year was the first year of interleague. And at, my, uh, at that point, I, was, I didn't get a chance to do it. Oh, but, yeah. but yeah, so that, I just don't, I never wanted to sound like that. Oh, yeah, he should have done this. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, they're like, no, yeah. just talk to to the fan from the pitching standpoint. Yeah, yeah. This is what the guy was trying to do. This is what yeah, the hitter did. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm still learning. Yeah. The first game was a That's little... That's the buy yeah. from Gooby on doing that. Just have fun. I mean, if you're prepared, talk to people, have fun. Yeah. I mean, because most people listen to a game right now mm -hmm. want to be entertained. And you want to give enough stuff baseball-wise, but you want to make it entertaining. Yeah. I, I try to have as much fun as possible, but also make it, well, it a learning you're one experience, of the, one too. Of the, one of the best. I mean, right. I love listening to you. Thanks. So. <laughs> I appreciate that. I just, I just try to have fun yeah. as much as possible. All right, here we go. So we're going to take a little trip down memory lane. This is a segment we call Let's Go with Ricky Rowe. We're going to show you this picture. Immediate reaction to yeah. this. All right, Gooby? Uh -huh. Here we go. Let's go with Mark Gubiza. <laughs> I was trying everything I could to get free Oakleys on that picture. That's why I did that. Because <laughs> the Oakley guys go, I go, hey, can I get a pair of Oakleys? No, you're a pitcher. I go, dude, let me show you one of my baseball cards I got. I got a pair of Oakleys. <laughs> yeah, I can see it right That's there. Great, right so they there. Give me, finally give me one free pair after all those years. But you got the sweet mullet. <laughs> see, I didn't want to go that route. I, didn't think about the, I was thinking about the Oakley glasses. <laughs> How was, long did you grow that hair for? Oh, you know what? After all those years, my dad had that little barber kit where I had nothing but a crew cut for the first 13 years of my life. The minute I could let it grow, I was going to do it. <laughs> and you just let it flow, Yes, I huh? did. And, and, the, and the Royals, for the longest time, had a, an issue with that, too. And I remember uh, John Sherholz was our general manager. I came in there after going to arbitration, which was never a fun process. And he goes, all right, get that haircut. So I go out and get my haircut. And he, he comes back and he goes, would you get one haircut? I go, yeah. And he says, get a haircut. I said, I got one haircut. He goes, all right, you better win 20 games this year. And luckily, I went out and did that that Did year. you get the free Oakleys? Uh, one pair. One no, pair. On, that was you it. You more than one. <laughs> no. It's I was funny. happy for one. He's not lying, though. Yeah. A lot of those, yeah, you're a pitcher. <laughs> yeah. We, we don't need to. But you guys are in the dugout the most. You yeah, guys but, get on but, camera but they, a lot. But they, don't, they, don't, they feel that the only way you're going to be able to sell their, their product is if you're out there playing in the field. And if I'm out there in the field, I'm just hanging in the in the dugout. They're saying, nah, that's <laughs> Wait, not going to be helping so me out. So because of you wearing the Oakleys in the baseball card, yes. you got a free that's pair That's how I worked it, man. Because I kept asking. Smart guy. I kept asking. I kept asking. I said, no. I said, there's a baseball card. Yeah, right. So I go here. And finally go, here it is right here. 
there. They go, okay, here's a pair. That's your 1992 upper deck. That's when upper yeah. deck was coming out. Nice cards. Ooh, you look good, Gooby. You look good right there, Ralph. Yeah, that was the uh, hair. All about the hair. All hair. Good tan, too. Yeah. Beautiful tan. What kind of car did you have in 92 with those Oakleys and that hair? I am a, I am a Trans Am, man. <laughs> <laughs> I did have the Knight Rider at one point, too, man. No, you I didn't. I, I kid you not, man. You I had the Knight Rider? Yes, the black Trans Am, man. I had the caps. But one time, I'm, well, first I had it in Jacksonville and a pothole. And one of the cats would fly, and I see the thing rolling down the street. I'm like, no! So I go to buy it. I go, you can't buy it separately. I'm like, so I had to drive around without the cap on there. So I kind of lost my cool at that point for a while. Oh, you can't lose your cool in Jacksonville. That's tough. Yeah. <laughs> you need everything you can get in Jacksonville. Yes, indeed. All right, so you, you weren't making the big, big money that these yeah. guys make now. And I know you're not going to be the old man being resentful about it, but you made good cash. Yeah. When you got your first real check, what was it for? Uh, you know, the minimum was forty grand at that point. Believe it or not, yeah, yeah. That's it's your per diem is, now. Yeah, and now it's like what five twenty five fifty something. Yeah. So, uh, but I remember the first time I got a check, I went home to a local tavern with all my boys, and I just threw a bunch of cash out there. Say hey, we're having a party all night long. That's, they thought that's it was what a cool I'm talking thing. about. Right? Yeah. All the guys who wrote you letters. Yeah. Oh, believe me, I, I never forgot those guys. What so, about the guys that didn't write your letter? Uh, they showed up. Huh? Yeah. I said, hey, lock the door. Lock the door. <laughs> <laughs> what was your first big purchase? The Trans Am? Uh, you know what? Uh, the crazy thing is my agent, he was, he was pretty good. At first, I, 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 after my second year, so in my second year, we were, we, had a, we were World Series champs. And at that point, it was 100. We were making, saved and I had 110. So I said, I want to get a BMW. And my agent said, you know what? I'm going to advise you not to. And I said, why? Because the minute you drive out of there, it depreciates that it's quickly. Bad so I, from my from that point forward, I learned that I, you know what, I was just going to try to live within my normal lifestyle. And I, and from that point forward, I literally get the same check that I get I had as a as a player to this day for money. So I kept it exact same amount of money. That way, I'm living the same exact lifestyle. I wasn't awesome. crazy. But I'm still, you know, the way I am right now. That's why you got the free Oakley, so. Yeah. Because you couldn't afford them, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then I finally, believe me, in my, in my locker, I had, like, every single kind of shoe you could imagine. I had Brooks. I had Adidas. I had uh, Converse. And finally, I, Nike, finally, I signed a deal with Nike. But forever, I was like, hey, uh, I could use a pair of shoes. They, got, they look at my locker. You got, like, 20 different brands of shoes in there. I go, I'm still waiting for that contract. Ricky was a Nike guy. <laughs> yes. That was the best deal, right? Did you ever go on one of the trips? The Nike trips? No, I never yeah, did. I was never cool. that big time. Yeah. <laughs> they did were you pretty have fun. Enough? They were pretty fun. About the team, st- at the Nike employee no, store? No, no, you no. Know, they, they, they take on like these trips cruise. on. Yeah, cruise. Or we went what? to Grand Cayman. And I went, and my yeah. first time on there, I'm sitting at a table with uh, Mike Schmidt, Gary yeah. Carter, Bill Buckner. And I'm like, oh, my God. I was like, I was out of my mind. So I was always a baseball fan. And then yeah. I'm always saying, hey, man, I had your Slurpee cups, your baseball cards, <laughs> and all this stuff. <laughs> They're like, dude, shut up. You're making me feel old. I said, no, you don't understand. This is a thrill for me. And you're a pro with them. Yeah. 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 All right, Gooby. If you had to give anybody advice, what would you tell them as a player? Just a player. We, we usually do a couple segments with advice, yeah. but you're good about this. Uh, because you told me one when you were coaching yeah. about kids. Now, your best advice for them? Uh, my, my, uh, some of the best advice I ever got and what I always try to pass on myself is, is the, baseball is such a difficult sport. It's a, it, you know, especially as a pitcher, and which I love the most, as you know this, Ricky, yeah. the game is on your shoulders, which yeah. I thought it was a cool. It's like being a quarterback in Absolutely. football or a point guard or center in hockey, in point guard in basketball. The game is on your shoulders, and you're going to take the loss or you're going to get the W that you got to have fun. You, you can't allow the old, everything around you to f- throw some negativity negativity towards you because I've always been a, a fairly positive person and that's what I've always lived for. So you got to think of the positive. No matter, even if you have a bad game, okay, I, I need to work on something, but I'll tell you, I did throw some pretty good sliders here or I had it's a good movement on my fastball. Otherwise, 
when all those negative things that start to mount in your brain, you're never going to go out and have a good yeah. game. That's no, what I always felt. And I got to come up with one of the greats, Roy Halladay, and it was the same thing. I always say, why are you in the video room? You've dominated this this division for so long. And he's like, it doesn't matter, man. There's a guy out there that's making an adjustment to me. Yeah. And I just got to make sure I'm on top of it. Yeah. And that's he was just wired different. And that's why, obviously, yeah. he's a Hall of Famer. And, mm -hmm. or, and, um, and I thought it was pretty cool, you know. So for me, my mentality was... I'm gonna go in there and study too, yeah. and make it a habit of making sure I I'm ready so that when I get out there, I'm relaxed. I know what I'm doing, and I have a plan. Yeah, and that's yeah. Pretty preparation. Much what, yeah. what you're gonna be doing now, and what we did back in the day, and what you're doing, man, is preparation. If you're not prepared, you're more apt to be nervous. Your 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 muscles tighten up. Your brain doesn't work as well because you're already thinking. And that's when negativity yeah. goes in there because you're not prepared. Be prepared every day. If something doesn't work out, you know, so be it. It's, you know you you're ready and prepared. You move on, you'll be able to come back that much quicker. Well, and the, the way we like to close this uh, is with our guests, the, the way we like to close it is if you can give advice to your younger self. Well, I know you probably touched on it a little bit, but to your younger self, if you could. 18-year-old Gooby. Yeah, in the minors, what would you tell? I, I, I when I, when the only, re and I didn't have really any regrets, that the times where I, I, I should have took a step back and took a deep breath and realized, I, you know, there's times where my shoulder was barking and I, and I felt obligated to go out there for my mm -hmm. teammates and the organization, the fans, that if I had taken a step back and taken a breather and maybe thought about doing something for my shoulder that maybe I would have played a few more years or even been more consistent of a pitcher. Yeah. But my mindset was, you know, and you know how this is, Growing up, where I grew up in Philly, you were fighting all the time. Exactly. So I figured I owe it to my. I'm going out with my boys every night. I, I so I, I guess it's not really regret. I should have been smarter. Smarter. Well, that's Ricky yeah. and same, his same here. Yeah. Right. You said that's what you I've said exact. Yeah. Exact same thing. Yeah. You. Obviously, my career would have been a little longer. Yeah. You know, and I don't like to sit here and be bitter about it. Hey, like I said, I'm lucky I had a story, a, uh, a story to tell. So. Yeah. I'm sure like you do yeah. too, you know. All right, Gooby. What song is this right now, Jammin? A little, little Van Halen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you're a big music guy. In the broadcast, you guys incorporate music a lot. Yeah. It, what's the reaction to that? I know you have fun with it. Yeah, I mean... That goes back to just have fun, right? People, I mean, we usually always come up with keys to the game. I mean, I can always go, hey, you know, if I'm facing the, the angel, I say, well, you know, don't give Trout anything to hit. Okay, well, duh, we know that. But... I always felt, and I love music, and I know a lot of people love music and pop culture. So I, every time there's a, a game, where, whether we're on the road up in Oakland, I'm going, I'm going MC Hammer, I'm going Tupac, something like that. <laughs> he does it. And so I'm trying to, and I look at a song, and I'm like, okay, if I pick out a song, what what we have, what the Angels have to do to win the game, and I'll incorporate that song into that game that what night. What a great idea. Yeah. That's yeah. And, uh, we had, uh, even down in, for instance, down in, in Tampa, this is a few years ago, their starters were, were pretty good. It's a different, they don't, it was pre-open and all that other stuff. Their bullpen was shaky. So I said, hey, my key to the game is telephone line from ELO. So I said, hey, we get to go on the telephone to get on the bullpen, we'll come back and win this game. And, <laughs> and lo and behold, it came back. So, I mean, there's people always go, well, let's get more baseball, but can't please everybody. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. Gooby, all right. What about all the Spanish songs these guys played? You got to learn some of them, right? Yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm doing my, my best to do that, too. You know what? <laughs> when we were down in Mexico, I swear, I, I made it my point to try to listen to everybody, and I go on my phone. I said, I, I got it. I was feeling really comfortable. I was like, great. I came home. I, I forgot everything already. <laughs> but I was able to, you know, because when we were down in Monterey, I had so much fun. The people there were unbelievably How nice. How was the food? Very good, very good. <laughs> and my stomach, my stomach is the most, one of the most sensitive stomachs in the world. I can't eat nothing. Before my games, I'd have a sandwich, 
with, with this mustard on there because if I had anything uh, spicy or even fried, I'm already in the bathroom seven times before every game as it was. <laughs> so now I'm in there about 12 times. But down there, I was like, you know what? This is so good. But the people yeah. were so amazing. They smiled that, that everyone brought by going down there to play. But, man, I was so much fun. I was picking up so many words and phrases. And because you, know, you can just read it. Yes. Marcos! Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever play winter ball or anything like that? No. No. Uh-huh. no like I said, I was really lucky how quickly I got up. It was just... Right time, right place, basically yeah. came down Gooby. to. That's awesome. There you go. All right, Gooby. If you were a hitter, you never you never had a major league at bat, right? No. What's the one song you're coming up to? Uh, Come you know, on. I know what my, my song on the mound, which is before anybody else did that, was Bring It On Home by Led Zeppelin. And they played it, and like everyone was like, Man, nobody has a walk-up song as a Wait, pitcher. Wait, they did that for you? Yes. I thought that did was you. you? Yeah, no. Gooby, well, you the know, trendsetter. There you know, it was you a go. thousand years ago when it was oh, me. Thank you, for, <laughs> thank, thinking, thank you for paving the way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was bringing on home. I said, you know what? That's appropriate. I'm bringing, trying to bring home a win that day. Uh, she's uh, Thunderdome uh, by uh, Little ACDC. Oh, yeah. yeah. You would have matched too, yeah, huh? Yeah, you know what? I was a decent hitter in high school. <laughs> but then again, everyone's a decent hitter in high school. <laughs> I, I wasn't. Like, I admit it. I, I wasn't. Like, I like to swing as hard as I could, too. I've so never, that was fun. How many hits did you get in the Major League Rick? No, I got two. But yes, he's I, got two fir- more the, than me. The first time I got it, I got I stepped in that box, I was scared shitless. <laughs> yeah. You know what the thing is? That's what if, if you're a pitcher, you need to stand in the batter's box one time, then you'll realize pitching is not as hard as you think because it is so hard to hit a baseball. Yeah. It makes you appreciate. When I went in spring training games, one of my first at-bats, I had to face Rob Dibble. Oh, first pitch he threw was like 100. I fouled it straight back because all my family came down from Philly. They were down there. And they were hanging out in Clearwater. They came over and watched play. I'm like, and we were playing in Plant City. You remember Plant City down there? Oof. <laughs> it's another story. So I fouled it straight back. I go, man, I'm on, his, I'm on that 100-mile-an-hour fastball. Then he threw the next one. Fouled it straight back. I'm like, whew, I'm feeling pretty good. Then I started thinking as a pitcher. I go, what is he going to throw me, man? What is he going to throw me? Yeah. Is he gonna, what's he going to do? So he dropped down, and he threw me one, and I literally went, ah! <laughs> yup, I rung me up. He goes, that wasn't a strike, was it? He goes, no, but I was trying to get you out of the batter's box. <laughs> so then I see Dibble in the eye, and I go, dude, why would you drop down? I was working on it. I said, working on it against an American League pitcher, I would never get it at bat. He goes, dude, you fouled a couple balls off. Same, I didn't like that. Same. Uh, pretty similar. I came back after my first at bat to our hitting coach, who was Dwayne Murphy. Yeah. And I told him, I was like, I will never, ever talk shit on a hitter ever again. By the way, ever that dude again. could mash. He had a couple of unbelievable home runs uh, against th- us. That don't let him know that. We, we won't let him know. <laughs> dude, he was, he was swinging hard before. Like, he's like a Bellinger type swing back in the day. He was like, he was trying to hit a ball at 900 he, feet. He said he could play center field. Too. Oh, yeah. No, he was a great, he was a really good player. Really good dude, by the yeah. way. I liked him yeah, a lot. So, yeah. So I told him, and he just lost it. He's yeah. like, I told you, man. I was like, <laughs> it is so hard to do. I'm out. I'm then out you're, on that. Then you're, you're more aggressive to throw more yeah. pitches in the strike zone yeah. because you know what? It's hard to hit. It's hard to hit. Yeah. Gooby, we know you got to get ready for the broadcast tonight with Victor Rojas. We appreciate you. We're going to do this again in the off season. Yes. We're going to go to Casa de Gooby, speak some Spanish, <laughs> yes. drink some beers, and just talk about music the entire yeah, time. That'd be, be perfect. That's, Mark that's Gooby, my passion. We, we really appreciate you doing this. Your Twitter is? Uh, Gooby. It's Mark Gubiza. That's when you know Gubiza. you're legit. When you have your own name. Yeah. Got the Oakleys. Got the Trans. Sam, that is walk up music. I'm here trying to get verified on, on <laughs> Twitter, man. We, we got fake credentials and we stuck into the Angels dugout. Yeah, to get that blue check on you. I'm still thinking, how did they give me that thing for? I guess they look at that last name because I, I won't even be able to say it, so just give a blue check. Hey, how do you say your name? <laughs> Gubiza. How do you spell it? G U B I C Z A. And how many people have ever spelled it right? Oh, you know, my debut in Kansas City, they called me making his debut, Mark Gazuba. Gazuba. I'm like, really? I said, I got no chance to be around here. <laughs> Mark Gazuba's been our guest. Yeah, yeah, Let's go, Ricky yeah. Rowan.